get on the grid. I got great news, guys. Oh! It's the news update from Game Time Decisions. News, 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 news. Hey, thanks, Yang. Hey, everybody. I'm Cam Stewart with your Sportsman News Update. Everybody, get on the grid. Antonio Brown's agent says his client is innocent. Drew Rosenhaus, during an appearance on ESPN today, says he's very confident his client will be cleared of rape allegations against Antonio Brown. Rosenhaus added the accusation leveled by Brown's former trainer, Brittany Taylor, a quote-unquote a money grab, and called on the public to let the situation play itself out. A federal lawsuit filed Tuesday stated Brown sexually assaulted Taylor on three separate occasions in 2017 and 2018. Brown practiced with the New England Patriots today for the first time, and the NFL is currently waiting whether to put Brown on the commissioner's exempt list. If placed on this list, Brown would still be paid, but he wouldn't be eligible to play or practice. It's unclear if the NFL will make a decision before the Patriots' next game, a Sunday matchup versus the Dolphins in Miami. KC star receiver Tyreek Hill expected to miss four to six weeks after injuring his collarbone in week one versus Jacksonville. This, according to Ian Rappaport, of the NFL Network. The Chiefs don't plan on placing Hill on the injured reserve list. With Hill's sideline, Sammy Watkins now takes over the number one receiving role, and the veteran was on fire in week one, a career-high 198 yards and three touchdowns in the opener versus Jacksonville, and rookie wideout McCall Hardman's role likely to expand as well. The speedster Inc. reported three-year $54 million extension with KC before the opener racking up 12 touchdowns and just under 15 yards receiving in 2018. The L.A. Chargers, more bad news for them. Tight end Hunter Henry suffered a tibia fracture in his left knee during Sunday's win against the Indy Colts. The Chargers have yet to determine a timetable for Henry's absence, but the team's expected he'll be out four to six weeks. Cincinnati All-Pro wideout A.J. Green, who underwent surgery to repair a torn ligament in July, progressing well with his recovery. Green has already shed his walking boot and has uh, running on zero-gravity treadmills. There's no timetable for his return. He's going to take it easy on the way back. New York Jets receiver Quincy Anunwa will miss the rest of the season. He suffered a neck injury in the first quarter of Sunday's loss to the Buffalo Bills. He missed all of 2017 after suffering the same injury in training camp. The Jets did acquire Demetrius Thomas from the Patriots on Tuesday to add to the receiver depth chart. Denver tackle Jawan James is going to miss a few weeks due to a knee injury after suffering that injury and a loss to Oakland on Monday night. Washington Redskins head coach Jay Gruden said veteran running back Adrian Peterson will start when the Cowboys visit FedEx Field in Washington Week 2, AP as a healthy scratch in the opener. And Raiders coach John Gruden confirming rookie safety Jonathan Abram out for the season with a shoulder injury. NFL ratings up. The season opened up with a 5% increase in viewership compared to last year. The average Week 1 game seen by 17.1 million people on the broadcast with another 514,000 watching on digital platforms. This bump could be attributed to the digital streaming, which saw a significant 43% spike. In the NHL, the Minnesota Wild assigned restricted free agent forward Kevin Fiala to a two-year $6 million contract. In 82 games between Nashville and Minnesota, Fiala registered 39 points. The 23-year-old will compete for a top-six uh, job with the Wild. The Boston Bruins have inked coach Bruce Cassidy to a multi-year extension. He's going to earn about $3 million per season. The Bees have made the playoffs every year with Cassidy at the helm, and they came just one game short of winning the Stanley Cup last year. Big upset at the FIBA World Cup of Basketball. Team USA has been eliminated. Evan Fournier and Rudy Gobert combined for 43 points as France shocked the USA 89-79 to book a spot in the semis. The loss snapped a streak of 58 straight wins for Team USA at the FIBA World Cup. France will take on Argentina on Friday. In golf, Rory McIlroy has been named the 2018-19 Tour Player of the Year. Rory edging out Brooks Koepka, Xander Shifley, Matt Kuchar to claim the award. 
He won the players, the Tour Championship, the Canadian Open, and the $15 million FedEx Cup. Also finished top 10 in 14 of 19 events played. Sunjay M won PGA Rookie of the Year honors. We got 15 games in Major League Baseball tonight. We're going to go through the whole board and our top plays in the 6 o'clock hour. But one note, early start time, 640 again. Yankees off that loss last night, minus 210 at Detroit, 9.5. It's ECC Sabathia taking on Boyd. Big game there. And uh, Arizona at New York, Mets minus 115.8. Ray versus Matt. Stick around, everybody. I'm Cam Stewart. Gabe Morenci hosts Hour 1 of Red Heat and Rage Radio live from the FanDuel Sportsbook at the Meadowlands with me. Big show on Wednesday, as you guys know. We'll talk NFL, NCAA, and everything in between with our friends and cappers, Mark Lawrence and Gamblu today. We're going to have some fun. It's Hour 1 of Red Heat and Rage Radio on Sportsbook. Get on the grid. It's coming up next. All you have to decide is what to do with the time that is given to you. Game time decisions. All right, let's roll. Game time decisions, Red Heat and Rage. I am Renzi with the FanDuel Sportsbook, Meadowlands, the Raging Redhead, Cam Stewart, throwing it down uh, with us. So we've got a strong show uh, this afternoon. Mark Lawrence uh, will join us. We'll talk week two, uh, NFL. Week three, college of football. Lou Gamblu will step up and in and uh, join us. Uh, we've got a, a fun UFC card uh, this weekend in Vancouver, uh, British Columbia. We'll break it down. We'll also talk NFL football uh, with Lou. We'll uh, run through the baseball board, try to find a couple of best bets uh, for you. Small profit uh, after a, a crazy night uh, on the diamond uh, last night uh, with a million home runs, a ton of runs. Uh, scored across the board that can, but that parlay buster, who would have thought that it would be the New York Yankees who had a 6 nothing freaking lead? You're up 6 nothing. They end up losing a game 12-11 to the Detroit Tigers, but that's baseball. Uh, but we will have football on tap tomorrow with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers and the Carolina Panthers, and we've got news cam uh, with uh, Hunter Henry, of course, yeah, uh, second consecutive year that this guy is uh, down and uh, down for the count. A uh, tibia plateau fracture in his left yep. uh, knee, and uh, I don't really know what that means, but I'm assuming it's no, not, not good, and he's probably going to be out uh, for a long time. <laughs> yeah, I'm not a doctor. I know I saw Gabe. I basically put in the update like I got rid of like plateau. I'm like tibia. Yeah, that doesn't sound very good. We know. It's a fracture, yeah. four to six. Uh, you know what I mean? I'm doing these updates, and I go through them. It's like kind of like when we look at Mr. Green, I get a headache. I'm not a doctor. I don't know which bones are which, but I can tell you one thing. I think four to six is going to be optimistic. And remember, they didn't sign uh, old man Gates, too. So interesting stuff with the Chargers. They've also lost Russell Okong, the former Seahawk. He's got a heart problem. Uh, still dealing with Melvin Gordon and injuries there. But uh, they look pretty good against the Colts. The offense did, but... When is it going to catch up with him? Hunter Henry, a big, big Renzo target there for the Chargers. And uh, they got the Lions this week. But uh, we saw the Lions more like pussycats in Arizona. We'll see what happens there. I actually like the Chargers uh, in this game against the Detroit Lions. I don't I don't think the Lions can win with Matt Patricia uh, as their coach. But um, you've got a feel for our boy Feinberg to a certain extent, uh, because you and I have talked about it, like Feinberg lives like on a permanent vacation, you know, golfing, yeah. Hall of Fame trips, football games. 
Like you know, he lives a uh, he lives a um, he lives a um, a very uh, luxurious lifestyle, good lifestyle. You know, he does very a couple true. of hits a week with Mayo, talks golf for ten minutes. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? Um, but it's almost like the one thing that will never go his way is the Chargers. <laughs> like it's just. But I, I've said it before. Like they're like the West Coast yeah. version of the Buffalo Bills, except people never feel sorry for them because they play on the West Coast somehow. But like really, like there was high expectations for the Chargers coming into the year, and I just I can't buy it. You know, the Chargers just one of these teams. Like no, it's not. Ne- it's never happening for them. It's it's never going to happen them. for them. Indy could have beat him last week, Gabe. We took him all the way to overtime. And don't forget Feinberg's dad too. He's also an heir to a candle factory when things retire so yeah he's doing pretty well but uh, that can't help him get a charger super bowl win my friend Feinberg's back to candle money hey thanks for downloading the podcast and remember if you want to listen live download the iheart radio app download the TuneIn app and just search for fantasy sports radio network and you can listen to this program live also if you want to watch the video of this podcast check us out on youtube on twitch or on periscope and type in you guessed it fantasy sports network you'll find us there enjoy the show and thanks for listening Game time decisions. Red Heat and Rage. Thanks, Yang. Zumo TV channel uh, 719. I'm Marenzi. We're at the FanDuel Sportsbook at uh, the Meadowlands, uh, where the uh, New York Jets will host uh, the Cleveland uh, Browns and uh, Odell Beckham's $350,000 uh, watch. Although I'm confused because I've seen reports that it's a $190,000 watch, and I've seen other uh, stories which is $350,000. A dollar watch, but I've said it before, and I'll say it again: uh, we're not living in an era. This isn't a uh, an era of facts. <laughs> you better double uh, check your sources, unless uh, you're reading the playbook, uh, because the database is impeccable. Mark Lawrence joins us, playbook.com. Mark, uh, thank you for joining us. How you doing this afternoon? I'm doing just terrific, Gabe. And I can tell you this: that uh, not only did Odell Beckham arrive at Brown Stadium with that whatever-to-be-determined-cost watch. He also did it in a pimped-out Rolls-Royce, an old, an orange Rolls-Royce that he drove to the game as well. So the guy's not shy about the Yeah, well, I don't want to get blank. too... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't want to get too crude about him pimping uh, things, uh, but uh, I think they were the ones <laughs> that got pimped out uh, yes. against the Tennessee yes. Titans is a good way of putting it. Um, you know, if, if, if this is a different setting, I could have put it uh, more straightforward. Uh, but without being stated, man, the loser, the loser of the Cleveland New York uh, Jet game, the press conference, Mark, is going to be must see TV. Adam Gase, for one reason or another, has already decided, uh, decided to, uh, to start getting um, combative with the local media. Which is not a good idea, man. After one freaking week, um, he was asked after the game against the Bills, "How come uh, they didn't give the ball to Le'Veon Belmore in the fourth quarter when they had a lead and they just didn't run the ball?" And uh, he said, "Because I'm the head coach and I get to do what I want to do." 
which wasn't the best answer after your first game and you blow a 16-0 lead. And I guess he's gone down this route again earlier in the day in which uh, he got into it with them. I don't have to tell you anything. That's my right. And it's, it's a dangerous game to play. And you get the Cleveland Browns, and I think Freddie Kitchens is going to be in over his head uh, here, Mark. And Baker Mayfield's put a big target on his back. But this is a tough game to handicap uh, just because they both come into this game with issues. Well, I can tell you this. Uh, Adam Geese had those same problems down here in Miami. He has a massive ego, and that was the reason that locker room fell apart because it was his way or the highway, and he's that same way with the press. Uh, he just doesn't want to be exposed for the lack of knowledge that he really has. He's an offensive coordinator pretending to be a head coach, and he's going to get picked apart by the New York Scribes. I guarantee you that's not the city he wants to be in with microphones in front of his face off a losing performance. So it didn't surprise me at all to hear that about Gaze, and I concur with you about Freddie Kitchens. He's going to end up having to step up here real quick because the Browns played like the Florida State Seminoles with a lack of total discipline in that football game. 18 penalties for 182 yards. I mean, it was absolutely ridiculous. Isn't that a reflection on Freddie Kitchens? And can they can they turn that around? And I know you've got a lot of respect for Ralph Michaels. And, uh, Cam, of course, Ralph Michaels now does a show with, uh, with Teddy that's on at uh, 3 o'clock uh, with Wager Talk. But Ralph Michaels, I saw, Mark, he tweeted out earlier in the day, teams that have uh, 17 or more penalties in week one are 4-12 and 12 against the spread in week two. Uh, can, can a team turn it around that much? And it's funny you say Adam Gase is an offensive coordinator pretending to be a head coach, and that's often a problem, guys, where you'll have a guy who's a good X and O guy or he's, he can scheme, he can see things, but he's horrible at dealing with people. And when you're a coach, man, people skills are, that's half the battle, right? Like people skills with the, with the players, uh, with the media, with, with management, uh, with, with everybody. And Gates just can't do it. And Freddie Kitchens, quite frankly, really is just sort of a guy that fell ass backwards, guys, into this head coach. He's not really a head coach either, Mark. No, he's not. This is the first time in his life he's been a head coach so he's being cast into a a role that he's never ever experienced before and I think part of his problem here is he has to do a really really difficult balancing act you know balancing act between the animals in the clubhouse and not letting them overhype themselves because he knows they're going to hype themselves into despair if he does just that so he's got to be on their side and he can't be in the finger pointing with them so he's got a real real tough act I think they have to balance the show here so I think the bottom line here is that the locker room is going to have to show Freddie Kitchens some respect and man up and start playing some football. Cam, what do you think of that game? Uh, it's a tough one, Gabe. I've thought about it. An excellent point you guys both bring up. And i got to tell you something. When you're more worried about a Rolls-Royce and a, and a stupid plastic timepiece, I don't care, $190,000, $350,000. See, those are the things that bothers me. You shouldn't be worried about jewelry, watches, whatever. It's about wins. And Baker Mayfield got what he deserved. He was shooting off his mouth, and Tennessee went in there. But now this is a chance to redeem yourself. The Jets, gave pissed away a game that you were at against the Bills. A great comeback for Buffalo. That's going to give them confidence playing in the same place. Very difficult game, but the Jets... 
with Mosley, that's an interesting that's an interesting injury too. Even if he plays, probably a little bit banged up. Cleveland's offensive line was ravaged by Tennessee. That front four of the Jets is not the same. I give the edge to the Browns, Gabe. Probably a four to six point win in a real tight game. That's my opinion, buddy. It's a solid, uh, solid breakdown. Um, you know, yeah, Mark. I was at the football game, the Buffalo Bills and the New York Jets, and what a difference it did make. Mosley was making plays, and uh, when he was out of the game, it made a massive difference in the New York uh, Jet, uh, you know, defensive backfield. Well, that's where I'm sure Baker Mayfield's going to want to expose the New York Jets this particular week. Uh, you're going to go after uh, a strength that's a weakness, and I'm sure that's what will be the game plan as far as uh, Mayfield is concerned. And uh, like Cam says, uh, I'm more concerned about the Browns' preparedness for this football game to see how they're going to uh, what how they're going to react, what they're going to do, what changes they're going to make. Is there anything different than they uh, showed last week? Because the bottom line is they look like uh, they were they were kids attending college the first week of college, the first day of college, and they had that deer in the headlights look for the whole football game. Uh, well, guys, um, the Atlanta Falcons uh, were flatter than the Sierra Mist I'm drinking uh, right now uh, here at the FanDuel uh, Sportsbook. In, in game one, but according to Mark Lawrence's database, Matt Ryan, 10-1 and one straight up and against the spread in home openers uh, with the Atlanta Falcons in 11 seasons. Hard to believe he's been in the league uh, this long already. And, uh, Mark, this is, um, you know, just off the top of my head, a pretty big double revenge situation. In which, of course, the year that the Philadelphia Eagles won the Super Bowl, they beat the Falcons in the playoffs, and really only because Julio Jones freaking fell down in the end zone and still nearly caught the ball. If he didn't fall down, like, that whole Nick Foles story never happens. It's crazy how this stuff works out. And then, of course, they played in the season opener, and the Eagles won a close one. I think it was like 18-12, uh, 16-12, whatever the hell it was. It was, uh, it was a low-scoring uh, game in which Philadelphia barely covered. So pretty big double revenge spot. Atlanta did not have a good preseason. They did not have a good game uh, one last week against Minnesota. It's tough for the Atlanta Falcons to step up, Mark. Yeah, it certainly is. I mean, everybody's waiting for this football team to play to their ability. And, you know, the question is, is, is Dan Quinn the right guy to be the head coach for this football program here? It's actually triple revenge if you want to go back one more year, Gabe. Doug Peterson has beaten Atlanta all three times he's played them since he's been the Eagles head coach. So uh, and the reason I'm mentioning that is one of the stronger, uh, stronger tools that I have in my database is using teams that are playing with triple revenge exact in the National Football League, primarily because they don't want to let that thing turned into domination revenge. So I'm going to look for a big effort by Atlanta in this game. Game time decisions. Red Heat and Rage. I'm Arenzi with Cam Stewart. Mark Lawrence out with us. We'll take a quick break. We'll hit more NFL games on the other side and some college uh, football with Playbook.com's Mark Lawrence. 
From the NFL to the NBA, DailyRoto.com is the place to win millions in daily fantasy. You can get the best DFS NFL coverage all season long for a price of $129.99 or dominate the entire daily fantasy sports realm with the Elite Package at $59.99 per month. If you use the promo code FNTSY, you get 10% off your DailyRoto package. Go to DailyRoto.com, pick your NFL or Elite Package, enter promo code FNTSY, and you'll be on your way to becoming the next Daily Roto Millionaire. Two in the NFL is just hours away, and you can become the eighth person to win a million bucks in a FanDuel or DraftKings tournament. Betting your lineups using the DailyRoto.com DFS lineup optimizer. Registered users are winning thousands of dollars each week playing Daily Fantasy using the service, and you can too. If you're playing DFS and not using DailyRoto.com, you're doing it wrong. Sign up now for the NFL annual pass with a faster optimizer, smarter projections, and better results. Enter the promo code ACTION for a 10% discount. That's the promo code ACTION for a 10% discount. DailyRoto.com, where millionaires are made. Back to Gabe Morenci with our special guest, Mark Lawrence. Uh, thanks, Cam. Uh, Mark Lawrence, uh, playbook.com uh, uh, with us. So week two of the National Football League and quite a few interesting games with some key storylines on tap. Uh, so, Mark... Uh, just uh, basically off the top of my head, I got to believe that the database is going to tell us that teams that score 50-plus points probably regress uh, the following weekend. We have a couple of monster point spreads on on the board uh, this week with the Miami Dolphins and the New England Patriots now sitting at uh, 18.5 here at FanDuel. And uh, the Arizona Cardinals, they were 13.5-point favorites. Now they're getting 13 and I'm high on Lamar Jackson, and I like the Baltimore Raven football team a lot. But this is a lot of points to lay. And whenever you're, you know, guys, whenever you're, um, you know, you're betting on an underdog, you always want to have that opportunity. Can that team score? Like, you don't want to bet on a team, like, that is offensively challenged because that's uh, getting a lot of points. If you get down, you're screwed. Sort of like the New York Giants. Like, Eli Manning's not going to – they're going to score 21 points fast in the next, you know, we can put 17 up in the next 10 minutes, guys. But with Arizona, I think you, you, you can, Mark. And I think a lot of people – I'm not saying this is one of my best bets. It's still early in the week. But I think a lot of people are going to look at last week's result and look at Baltimore and look at Arizona and believe that Arizona is somehow going to get really throttled in this game. And it might be a little bit of an overreaction, uh, Mark, but it is Kyler Murray's first road game. It is his first road game, and they're off of that uh, that tie, if you will. And uh, I think the biggest factor in the game is uh, that NFL teams that play to a tie, they basically kiss their sister, really have a difficult time getting back up the next game, especially on the road, which is where Arizona is. Uh, I think we outlined the numbers in our uh, in our newsletter this particular week uh, because I'm not all in love with Baltimore this week, but I'm also not going to chase that bad number that Arizona's into uh, this week being on the road after playing to a tie. They're just 9-18 and 18 to the spread. Teams off a tie on the road the next game. On the other side of the coin, you mentioned about teams that score 50 or more in the NFL. Surprisingly, uh, it's a pure 50-50 situation for those teams. They're 46-47 and 5 to the spread, 20-19 at home, and 25-27 and 5 to the spread on the road. So there's no discernible edge as far as those teams score, scoring 50. You would think that there would be a regression to the mean, but it doesn't happen in the National Football League. 
Interesting. Interesting. Very interesting. Gardner Minshew. Uh, Gardner, <laughs> Gardner Minshew. <laughs> A little bit of a delay there. I was waiting, but I was like, all right, I'll I'm, jump back in. I'm just going to let you. Uh, Gardner, Gardner Minshew. You throw to me because of the six-second delay. No, we've so, been dealing uh, with the delay. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah, we've been dealing well with it. Mark's an expert, too. Like, some people, like, freak out and they can't deal with it at all. Emmett Smith nearly hung up. Like, we've had, uh, we've had issues, <laughs> but it's going to be fixed September the 16th. So yeah. next week, Mark, yeah, there will be less, less of a delay. Yeah, September the 16th, which I, which I think is on Monday. So we got to go through uh, this week and the weekend. Uh, but uh, nevertheless, so Gardner Minshew gets the, gets the start. Um, the unlikely, you know, whoever imagined that after all this with the Jacksonville Jaguars that they went through all that trouble, they throw Blake Bortles under the bus, they give Nick Foles all that money only for Nick Foles to get hurt and only for them now to have Gardner Minshew as their starting quarterback, but he was incredibly accurate last week. And, you know, Mark, what about this number? Isn't this number a little bit high, uh, a division game with Jacksonville and Houston? Or, you know, is this, you know, I think the number is made because of the quarterback situation, but I think this kid is eccentric enough and accurate enough. And I watched him a lot at Washington State, and I know you did too, Cam, and, I said this this morning. He's not Tom Brady. I'm not comparing him to Tom Brady, but he's patterned his game, uh, you know, after that style, that West Coast, Mike Leach, Tom Brady, three steps back, quick hit, very accurate. Arm strength isn't great, but he's got confidence. He's not a kid. He's a little older than than the average college uh, quarterback was. Uh, you got to see uh, Houston coming off a short week. A gut-wrenching loss. You know, I think the number is just a little bit too high here, Mark. Well, I can go to this factor with the game, Gabe. And, uh, you know, we, we hit on this many times throughout the course of a football season because many times there are injuries. And when injuries happen to starting quarterbacks and that backup quarterback gets the next start, it's a rally around the quarterback situation, that role, and that you might just see that with Jacksonville this particular week. Uh, not letting Gardner Minshew lose the football game and not ask him to win it, but not let him lose the game. I think you might see a big effort by Jacksonville in this game, if for no other reason, because of that. And you've also got a Houston Texan football team that might be a little bit demoralized, feeling that they had New Orleans beat, probably felt they should have beat them, and walked off the field with a loss. So I think the combination of the two brings value to Jacksonville in the game. Cam? Yeah, I'm going to tell you, uh, Mark, uh, first of all, congratulations on six and one with the uh, with the best bets of the week. You did a great job. And just reading the playbook uh, when Marenzi sends it to me, we're I think we're all reading each other's mail and we're all on a lot of the same stuff, Mark. And I'll tell you one thing. I watched that game uh, between uh, Cincinnati and Seattle as Seattle is my team. And if you want to talk about uh, a team that was probably one of the luckiest teams to win in week one, it was Seattle. I know John Ross had that touchdown a little bit late, but they really put pressure on Wilson. And Metcalf actually stepped up and made some nice uh, catches, a Seattle rookie. But Russell Wilson was under duress all day. And I got to give uh, Taylor a lot of credit. He did a good job with that Cincinnati team. It's a tough place to play. Uh, and now, uh, you know, you're looking at the situation with the Bengals and the 49ers. Conversely, Mark, Gabe and I talked about this one. Very lucky. Jameis Winston, two pick sixes 
didn't play very well. I don't say this often, Mark, but I might be looking at the Bengals as a home pooch this week, and I think uh, you might be sniffing that way too. I'm looking that way for sure in this game, uh, Cam, with you. Uh, you mentioned Seattle wins a football game uh, that they were thoroughly outplayed in. Uh, what this amounts to for Cincinnati is what I call a double inside-out stat game in the fact that Cincinnati – uh, out-yarded Seattle 196 yards in the contest, yet left with a loss, whereas San Francisco last week at Tampa Bay wins by 14 points and got out-yarded or out in the football game. Now San Francisco has to pick up and travel back east again, which is a really, really tough situation for San Francisco to do, play back-to-back games on the opposite coast against Cincinnati, who looked good last week. It was nice to see a healthy Andy Dalton. He looked like uh, Andy Dalton of old. Uh, he was rifling the ball like he has in the past. I think Cincinnati comes up good in this football game here. I think it's a nice spot for Cincinnati, and they take advantage of it. Uh, tough travel situation. Uh, tough travel situation uh, for the San Francisco 49ers uh, going into Tampa. Uh, now uh, back uh, to uh, to Cincinnati. We should note that the Cincinnati uh, Bengals are now two-point favorites t- uh, in this football game. Cam, you mentioned your Seattle Seahawks. And, yeah. you know, quite frankly, the reality of it is the Seattle Seahawks are just not a very good road team. And I've been burnt. I remember a couple of years ago I got burnt when they went to Green Bay early on one of those Sunday night games. I've been burnt on more than one occasion, guys, believing that the Seahawks getting points on the road was too good to pass up. I've gone down that well. I'm getting four and a half with Russell Wilson. You know, I've got to, I've got to take my chances. But, uh, Mark, Big Ben Roethlisberger has been uh, very, very efficient, hasn't he, when coming off of a loss. Now, Pittsburgh, after getting humiliated on television last week, go back home. Um, you know, the cleat could be on the other foot, so to speak, uh, this Sunday. As it, You know, this just does have the feel of Pittsburgh punching him in the mouth, doesn't it, guys? I think 100% it does. Uh, I think this is a Pittsburgh uh, right back good spot for them. Uh, and you also take a look at, uh, you look inside these numbers, uh, Mike Tomlin is really, really good in this role since he's been the head coach with Pittsburgh after coughing up 30 or more points in his last game. He's gone 19 and 3 straight up, 14, 6 and 2 the spread. With Seattle off that phony win now having to travel east, I'm with you, Gabe, in this game. I think Pittsburgh. Picks up a nice, easy victory in this contest. And uh, how about uh, this, guys? Uh, the clincher from the database, uh, Ben Roethlisberger, 8-0 straight up against the spread when the Steelers are coming off an ATS loss of more than 18 points. And, um, you know, it just shows that after the Steelers get humiliated, there's that big bounce back uh, after, uh, after the fact. It's an interesting uh, card this week. Um, you know, in the National Football League and in college uh, as well. But now, Mark, we get word that Hunter Henry is out uh, for the Chargers. And I got to believe, and, and you know, I don't think FanDuel has this prop. I haven't seen it, but I'm sure some offshore book does. Matt Patricia's got to be a candidate to be one of the first coaches fired. I yes. believe the only reason that they wouldn't, only because it'll make them look so foolish, that they have to fire this guy so quickly. But, Mark, I legitimately believe that he's the worst coach in the NFL. 
And let's add up his record. This is the Morency database. One and three last year in the preseason. Oh and four this year in the preseason. And he's now five and twelve as a head coach. All right. Uh, he's coached 25 games in the preseason and regular season. He's managed to win six of them. He's a disaster. I've got to like the Chargers in this spot. Home opener be damned or I will take a quick break. Hey, thanks for downloading the podcast. And remember, if you want to listen live, download the iHeartRadio app, download the TuneIn app, and just search for Fantasy Sports Radio Network, and you can listen to this program live. Also, if you want to watch the video of this podcast, check us out on YouTube, on Twitch, or on Periscope, and type in, you guessed it, Fantasy Sports Network. You'll find us there. Enjoy the show, and thanks for listening. Game Time Decisions continues. Our boy Dan uh, sends us uh, a tweet saying the 49ers stayed in the Youngstown, Ohio area uh, this week. So they didn't uh, go back uh, to the West Coast. Uh, didn't go back and forth. Um, that's interesting. And, you know, oftentimes teams will do this. And it's hit or miss, guys. I specifically remember losing on the Arizona Cardinals in this situation in which the Cardinals played on the road cam, and they stayed at the uh, the Greenbrier Resorts, where there's the tournament, oh, yeah. ironically enough. They went to the Greenbrier Resorts, and they stayed there instead of, like, uh, going back and forth. And Arian said afterwards the worst thing that uh, he could have done. <laughs> he basically <laughs> said, yeah, we would have been better off just flying back to Arizona, actually, in hindsight. Um, it's an interesting the thing is, and the thing is with this, it's not so much just the travel guys of like going back, you know, or you know, if they would have went back and forth, but just playing and winning two consecutive games on the road is extremely difficult. And honestly, I know that it's done. It's not done for convenience, guys. It's often done to save the team money that they they make money. If you're a football player. Would you know? And let me ask you, Cam. You're a big guy, and you don't like flying. Yeah. But at the same point in time, I bet you that the players would rather go back home for a week than spend a week in freaking Youngstown, Ohio. You know what I'm saying? And they'd rather bite the bullet for four hours on a plane and and have to fly back than to spend. You know, and they'll say, "Oh, it's the team bonding and all that type of stuff." But I still like uh, I still like the Cincinnati. Uh, Bengals. All right, we no, can't I'm keep Mark you. all day here, so let's get into some college football before uh, before we let him go. One of the great stories so far of the year, Mark, has to be Mac Brown, doesn't it? And uh, I cashed a ticket with uh, Mac Brown, and uh, I love the number in the playbook uh, last week about teams coming off that upset, big upset victory in week one, and then playing the next game at home. They did it again. They step up. I tell you, though, this Wake Forest team, uh, pretty explosive offense, total of 66 for a reason. Uh, should be a fun football game, Mark. It will, and, you know, it's nice to see Mac the Knife back in play in college football. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
my my concern about them a little bit is uh, the fact that they coughed up almost 500 yards in the win last week against Miami. They were really rather outplayed in the contest, uh, and I don't know as if I want to back a team on the road doing just that in the follow-up game. You mentioned Wake Forest. Uh, they put up some pretty good numbers here. Uh, they're, they're the kind of team that uh, maybe uh, ends up playing a little bit too close to the, to the score and the final score, which might end up not working in their favor here. But, you know, the bottom line, again, to me is if, if North Carolina – hangs another straight-up dog win in this contest here, uh, I could become a believer real quick in the, in the Tar Heels. But I honestly think that they were up against it this week off that phony inside-out win last week. I got to believe it as well, Mark, that it, it's a, this is a double letdown. And this, you know, I've, I've been impressed with this Wake Forest team. That first win against Utah State uh, last week, Rice hung around a little bit, but they clearly showed their class and they pulled away. Uh, Wake, um, Wake's been impressive uh, through the first two games, and I think they will improve uh, to 2-0. But I've noticed a lot of, a lot of rivalry games uh, this week. Uh, Maryland is an interesting um, case study here with two consecutive blowouts as well. Now they're going on the road to take on the, uh, the Temple Owls, Penn State, and Pittsburgh. Um, I remember, guys, I believe it was last year, I actually thought Pittsburgh could hang with them. And uh, and maybe beat them. And I swear to God, remember that game, Ken? It was like six six or yeah, something the after the first quarter, but then we ended up losing like fifty five six or something. Like it, it got exactly. ugly. They imploded. Pitt was so bad. Great point, Gabe. That game, they were hanging with them the whole game. Then they had a missed field goal, fumble, like everything. And after that, in the slop, when they took the lead, uh, they these guys just tapped out against Penn State. But uh, yeah, that was a stupid game for sure. All right, Mark, before we get you out of here, uh, BYU, a good call last week, BYU goes into, um, into Tennessee and in Knoxville and gets it done. Now they host a USC Trojan uh, football team that I think found a quarterback. Uh, I got to tell you, like, uh, the, the offense was much more efficient um, with, uh, with the Slovis kid in there as opposed to JT Daniels. And, you know, USC have such good skill position players Daniels just hasn't worked out for one reason or another. I noticed a big change. That was an impressive win last week, but looks like you think BYU get it done on their home field this week. Yeah, I'm gonna uh, I'm gonna play the uh, reaction to rallying around the backup quarterback as USC did last week when uh, Keaton Slovis looked so good replacing Daniels in the football game. Now they're gonna take out onto the road in. Uh, his second start, but more importantly, his first road start. Uh, I think that, you know, that's a big, big factor here coming into a field. It's pretty tough to win football games in. I think it could be a little bit intimidating for him this particular week here. And BYU is sort of playing with house money right now, if you will. A football team that uh, not a lot of people backed last year. They barely inched into a bowl game. Uh, last football season here, but that was a big win, I think, over Tennessee. They went uh, into Rocky Top and won that football game. I think they reinstilled their confidence here, and I think they make up for the loss to Utah the first game. I think they take Southern Cal right down to the wire here. Mark Lawrence, playbook.com. Uh, uh, we got NFL uh, tomorrow, guys, Panthers and Buccaneers, and if you go over to covers.com, Mark Lawrence has a free pickup on and a suggestion on the under Carolina Panthers four and one of the under in the last uh, five Thursday encounters. 
Um, the series between Tampa Bay and Carolina, 13-6 and six, uh, to the under the last 19 spots um, in Carolina between these two teams, including 7-3 and three to the under when uh, coming off of a loss as the Tampa Bay uh, Buccaneers uh, and the Carolina Panthers are. A lot of under trends uh, in the database. We encourage people to get the playbook if you want to be as smart as uh, me, Cam, and Mark Lawrence. Playbook.com, uh, and uh, for all you uh, hipsters, the millennials, you can get it on your uh, mobile device, the uh, Playbook uh, Cube uh, version. Got to like that, Cam, the Cube. cube. Always a pleasure, Mark. Thanks for taking the time to be with us. Hey, my pleasure, as always, guys. Enjoy the games. I'll catch up for the next week. Be well. Mark Lawrence, great insight as always uh, from uh, from Mark Lawrence. And, you know, this NFL card is starting to come together uh, for me it right is. now, Cam. But I'll tell you, look, you look at the um, – you look at these games, and there's a lot of really competitive games. There's a couple of couple of big spreads. We talked about you know the Patriots, the Dolphins, the Ravens, the Cardinals, but you look at a lot of these other games, man. You know, Indianapolis, Tennessee is a field goal game. That's a tough game to pick. You can make an argument for either team. San Francisco, Cincinnati. The Bengals are now just two point favorites. Steelers, four and a half point favorites. Uh, Chargers and uh, and the Lions. And now with Hunter Henry out, let's see an updated number here. In this game, still two and a half uh, right now. Detroit Lions home opener, and as I stated earlier, Cam, I you know Matt Patricia really you know that game really screwed me, bro. Actually, like it's, oh, screwed. It's I screwed it in the contest. Hard. I, it caught, I added on that teaser, but whippy crap. Like it still cost me, and it's unacceptable. He really is a buffoon. This guy, Cam, he's a moron. Like, dude, I'm not kidding. They, he takes over. They're one and three in the preseason last year. Then they're five and twelve in the regular season. So that's uh, six and fifteen. They went zero and four in the preseason cam this year. Like they don't play I for know. this guy. They don't like. No, him. they don't. <laughs> like You're right. they you want to get I, I, him fired. Like they go in zero and four, and now they're zero and one. Like I said, Cam, he's six and nineteen, bro. If you add all this up, all right, regular season only. He's six and twelve. That's his record, 6-12. and 12. And I got to take a leap of faith that they're going to beat the Chargers? Hard for me to do that. No, it's hard for me to do that, too. And uh, I, I've never seen a coach screw up timeouts the way he did. And you bring up a good point, Gabe. At first, I was thinking, you know, people throw it around. The players aren't playing for him. But I watched Detroit, their faces in that game. When that game went to overtime after Arizona st- scored the two-point conversion, they looked over at him like you and prick. Like, you could actually tell there is hatred there between the players. And... As a bet, I would like to bet him as the first coach uh, to be fired. People talk about Gruden in Washington. I don't. I don't. Hey, he's dealing with a hard deck. He's got Geis has got an injury. They got Williams, their best off of offensive lineman out. Patricia has the players in Detroit. They piss away a 16-point lead in the fourth quarter and mismanage timeouts. That's kid stuff, Marenzi. Me and you, drunk with Tony Finn on the sidelines, could have managed the fourth quarter better than them. You're right. It feels like a fate line though at two and a half. And that, that line at two and a half. Are you kidding me? I might not just bet the game, but, God, I want to bet the Chargers. I hate the Detroit Lions now. You're right. Patricia makes me hate them more. I, he's a goof. <laughs> Tony Finn gets dragged into this. <laughs> yeah, me, you, and Finn on Quaaludes. Oh, he did a horrible game. That was coaching, like, high school stuff. Like, he tried. It almost like when you watch the tape, I watched the game again on NFL Network. It's like he tried to lose the game. 
That's like when you watch it, he is almost trying to lose the game. That's how bad of a coach he is. He's an idiot. Like, I, I don't get it. It was horrible. Kansas City and Oakland. Oakland, um, Oakland getting seven and a half points. It's a tough game. I think I think Kansas City are going to pull away, but I'm not really in a hurry to be laying that type of points on the road. That's going to find its way into a money line parlay or teaser, uh, Kansas City and Oakland, because I don't believe Oakland's going to beat uh, the Kansas City Chiefs. Um, I just tweeted out. Um, I retweeted uh, a ticket that somebody just played in Las Vegas, Nevada. Uh, Cam, shout out uh, to uh, to our boy Pete, who's uh, sending us uh, tweets fast and furious uh, right now, including one that now Michael uh, Michael Williams could be hurt for the Chargers. Dear God, oh, like God. is every freaking player that I drafted this year going to get hurt in fantasy football? I have him on two teams. Uh, let's get the update on this, like Mike Williams. But somebody just bet three thousand dollars on the Buffalo Bills to win the Super Bowl at South Point. They gave him a hundred to one odds. So it pays back $303,000. You can buy property. That's a, that's a, that's nice, man. $303,000. Nice well, I'll tell you what, Cam. Think if the Bills win this game this week, which they very well can, and I think they will. They could. They're going to be 2-0 and with both games on the road, man. You know how hard that is to do? It's almost fortunate that it's in the same city. It's in the state that they're in. It is what it is. And it's not going to be easy to beat the Giants uh, in the Giants' home opener. But if they're able to escape this, they only have six more road games out of 14 the rest of the year. One of them's at Miami. All right? The Bills beat the Dolphins when the Dolphins are good. The Bills will win that game. So then you have, like, five road games. And, you know, like I'm telling you, the Bills are in a position to really, really get off to a nice start here with a win. And then next week they host the Cincinnati Bengals in their home opener, Cam. There's a potential, yep. a potential for the Bills to be 3-0. and And I'll tell you something, Marenzi, when you win a game like that in the Jets' backyard in the fashion that you did, Allen, brutal at the start. You talked about the fumbles. But to grind, the defense hold the Jets, and to come back and win that game, that is a huge way to win a football game. That's galvanizing because you came back on the road and won a game you probably should have lost. So I expect the Bills to be real confident this week against the Giants and moving forward. Game time decisions continues. As we throw it down to the FanDuel Sportsbook, we'll get into the baseball in the 6 o'clock hour. From the NFL to the NBA, DailyRoto.com is the place to win millions in daily fantasy. You can get the best DFS NFL coverage all season long for a price of $129.99 or dominate the entire daily fantasy sports realm with the Elite Package at $59.99 per month. If you use the promo code FNTSY, you get 10% off your DailyRoto Package. Go to DailyRoto.com, pick your NFL or Elite Package, enter promo code FNTSY, and you'll be on your way to becoming the next Daily Roto Millionaire. All right, game time decisions uh, continues. Uh, last night, uh, Will asked us uh, what a uh, what a, uh, a hedge and a middle uh, was as we were talking about middling and hedging 
uh, games uh, last night. And in hindsight, I wish I would have freaking hedged that Detroit Tiger game. I didn't think about it till after, Cam. They were always like plus four to 400, plus three, eight, crazy numbers in game. And when it was tied, I could have like bailed on it. But I didn't think they were going to win. Uh, but for those of you that uh, tune in and you hear us talking on Endgame Live about uh, trying to middle the game or hedge a game, let's talk about middling a game uh, right now. So a good example is we bet the in-game over last night, 19, in the Yankees-Tigers game. But then the total got as high as 23 and a half. A lot of gamblers, and it will, let's say professional gamblers and uh, players with a, you know, a nice bankroll that take it seriously, not recreational players, will then sort of then automatically buy. They'll buy it back, so to speak, at the 23 and a half and hope that the game lands in between 19 and 23 and a half, which is exactly what happened last night, uh, Cam. Now, that's more investing than gambling, but it's also uh, it's also pretty smart. I um, mean, the people can that that approach in-game betting like a stock market can be very profitable, but it's tough at times for people to want to bet something that's counterproductive against what they already have. Well, I already have the over 19. I don't want to lose that. But you know, a pro and someone that's willing, to, you know, that understands risk management will understand the mathematical probability of the game landing in between that number. And it happened last night, Cam. Excellent point, Gabe. And when you see that fluctuation when there's total scoring in the game, sometimes it slows down. So to get the 23 and a half with the 19 and a half, four runs in the middle, ding, dong, ding, you hit them both. You're right, gambling you, buddy. It's a good way to be when you're offered it. And you can also do it in football, guys. You'll notice, like, if an NFL game's really high scoring in the first quarter, the computer's going to project it to get to, like, 65 and a half or something. It rarely does. Hey, thanks for downloading the podcast. And remember, if you want to listen live, download the iHeartRadio app, download the TuneIn app, and just search for Fantasy Sports Radio Network, and you can listen to this program live. Also, if you want to watch the video of this podcast, check us out on YouTube, on Twitch, or on Periscope, and type in, you guessed it, Fantasy Sports Network. You'll find us there. Enjoy the show, and thanks for listening. Thanks, gang. Hey, everybody, I'm Cam Stewart with your uh, Sports Grid News update. Get on the grid, everybody. Gabe and I will be back with Cam Blue, and we'll talk baseball, football lines, as well as some fighting. L.A. Chargers tight end Hunter Henry suffered a tibia fracture in his left knee during Sunday's win over the Colts. The Chargers uh, basically diagnosing the injury. They're saying about a four to six weeks absence is their guess. He missed all of last season with a torn ACL and more bad news. Anthony Lynn says whiteout Mike Williams. He's suffering from a knee injury, but uh, still likely to play versus Detroit. So the Chargers injury is mounting. Already Russell Okung out, Melvin Gordon with the holdout talk. So issues for the Lightning Bolts. Kansas City Chief star receiver Tyreek Hill expected to miss four to six weeks as well after he injured his collarbone in week one versus Jacksonville. The Chiefs don't plan on placing Hill on the IR with Hill sideline. Sammy Watkins taking over the number one role. The veteran, a career high, 198 yards and three touchdowns in the opening win versus the Jags. Work rookie whiteout McColl Hardman's role also going to expand. Antonio Brown's agent said his client is innocent. Drew Rosenhaus, during an appearance on ESPN, says his 
very confident his client will be cleared of rape allegations thrown at him. Rosenhouse added the accusation leveled by Brown's former trainer, Brittany Taylor, quote-unquote, a money grab, and called on the public to let the situation play itself out. A federal lawsuit filed Tuesday stated Brown sexually assaulted Taylor on three separate occasions in 2017 and 2018. Brown practicing with the New England Patriots for the first time today, wearing the number one. He can't wear that number if he does play. The NFL is currently waiting whether to put Brown on the commissioner's exempt list. If he is placed on this list, Brown would be paid, but he won't be eligible to practice or play in games. It's unclear if the NFL's decision will be made before Sunday's matchup versus Miami. Lots of news today. Cincinnati All-Pro wideout A.J. Green uh, progressing pretty well after his recovery to torn ligaments. Already you know, off his walking boot, and he's running on a gravity treadmill. Still no timetable for his return. Jets receiver Quincy Anunua, he's out the rest of the year after suffering a neck injury in the first quarter of Sunday's loss to the Bills. The Jets did acquire Demarius Thomas. He ranks third on the depth chart. Denver tackle Jawan James. He'll miss a few weeks due to a knee injury suffered in the Monday night loss to Oakland. Washington Redskins head coach Jay Gruden says veteran running back Adrian Peterson. He'll get the start when the Dallas Cowboys visit FedEx Field week number two. AP, a healthy scratch in the opener. Raiders Raiders coach John Gruden confirming rookie safety Jonathan Ibram. He's out for the season with a shoulder injury. NFL ratings up uh, 5% from viewership last year. The average week one game over 17.1 million people. Watch the broadcast. Another 514,000 on digital platforms. The bump. Thanks to a significant spike uh, in digital streaming, up 43% there in the NHL. The Minnesota Wild have signed restricted free agent forward Kevin Fiala, two years, $6 billion. The Boston Bruins have signed coach Bruce Cassidy to a multi-year extension. Cassidy will earn about $3 million. The Bees making the playoffs every year with him at the helm, one game short of the Stanley Cup championship as well. Big upset at the FIBA World Cup of Basketball. The USA has been eliminated. Fournier and Gobert combined for 43 points for France as they took out the USA 89-79. They book a spot in the semis. The loss snapped a 58-game win streak for Team USA at the FIBA World Cup. France takes on Argentina Friday. Golf News, Rory McIlroy, the player of the year today. He edged out Brooks Kepka. Surprising. I thought Kepka would get the win with the majors. Jander Seifley and Matt Kuchar also getting some votes. Uh, he won the players, the Tour Championship, the 15 uh Million-dollar FedEx Cup, Canadian Open, also finished top 10 in 14 of 19 events played. Sunjay M won PGA Rookie of the Year honors. 15 games in Major League Baseball tonight, but we do have an early start time. 6:40 action. Yankees minus 2:10 at Detroit. Nine and a half. Sabathia taking on Boyd in that matchup there. So we're going to go through all of the baseball a little bit later on in the show. We also got four in the MLS tonight. Things get going at seven o'clock with TFC at NYCFC. That should be interesting. 8.30 action, Minnesota at Houston, 9 o'clock. The Galaxy take on Colorado. And late action, 9.30, San Jose is at Real Salt Lake. I'm Cam Stewart. Gabe Morenci hosts Hour 2 of Red Heat Rage Radio. He's live at the FanDuel Sportsbook at the Meadowlands. we got some horse racing on the card, and our good buddy Gamblu is going to stop by. Thank Mark Lawrence for stopping by and talking football. Us Gamblu, a little football, a little fighting. It's Hour 2 of Red Heat and Rage Radio on SportsGrid, and it's coming up next. All you have to decide what to do with the time that is given to you. Game time decisions. All right, game time decisions continues. I'm Marenzi with the FanDuel Sportsbook, uh, Meadowlands, Buffalo Bills, and the New York Giants on Sunday here at the Meadowlands. And then on uh, Monday, 
It's the Cleveland Browns and uh, the New York uh, Jets, so it's going to be a very uh, busy, uh, busy place. Going to be uh, hopping uh, this uh, weekend. NFL football uh, is uh, back. Uh, UFC in Canada in Vancouver uh, this uh, this Saturday. Interesting uh, card too. A lot of a uh, lot of very. Um, it's very simple card in which it's just a lot of violent dudes that'll be looking to murder each other. <laughs> like, like people in Vancouver, Vancouver's the UFC's gone to Vancouver a couple of times, and there's always cancellations or the card isn't great. This is it's if you're a diehard, if you're like an old school UFC fan, this is a fun card from um, just from a fighting perspective. There'll be knockouts and there'll be a couple of fight of the night um, candidates, and there'll be a couple of uh, nice knockouts. Um, uh, with this card, Cowboy Cerrone plus one fifty four. Justin Gaethje is uh, minus one eighty eight. That is the main event. Lou uh, will join us. Glover Teixeira versus Nikita Krylov. Uh, that's a pretty simple fight where two dudes are going to stand in a phone booth and and bang. Todd Duffy uh, returns, so we'll break uh, that down with Lou. And we've got uh, Major League Baseball on the board. And uh, Cam, I'll tell you what, uh, the Arizona Diamondbacks. Were one of the hottest teams in Major League Baseball until they ran into the Mets. Uh, the Mets have managed to win two straight. Can they win a third uh, time against Robbie Ray? It's a four-game series. Uh, this series, you've got uh, Stephen Matz uh, tonight on the hill against uh, Robbie Ray, and Matz is like a lot of the the Met pitchers. There's a massive dichotomy between how he performs at City Field at home. And how he performs on the road. He's 6-1 and one at home with a 2.11 earned run average. Wow. And he's 3-7 and seven on the road with a 6.08 uh, earned run average. Matz has given up two or, uh, two or less runs in um, six consecutive starts, uh, Cam. I've got to go back uh, to the under in this game. We hit it last night. I didn't play the Mets. I was a little frustrated. I left yep. it on the table. But not only have I been riding the Mets camp, but I've been crushing these Met unders. It doesn't win every day, but it's winning more often than not. And that's what happens when you have a great staff like they do. Yeah, good call by you on the under in the game. It got pretty crazy, too. Arizona had second and third with one out in the ninth. And the uh, the Mets yes, got out it of did. it, right? So that's what I was saying. And I, I, I hate to say it, Gabe, if Arizona would have won with my Blue Jays bet on top of the live betting, it would have been a great night for me. But I'm happy with the plus, <laughs> as my old buddy Visine Vince said. Go to bed with a plus. And uh, even though you got 50 bucks, that's four grilled cheese sandwiches and a couple Sierra Miss. Don't want to be behind 50 bucks. But yes, Gabe, it's very interesting. And Wheeler pitched his ass off at home. The bullpen almost pissed it away. But Great call by you. The Mets, a lot of their pitchers are great at home, and you take the show on the road, it's uh, not as good, not so much, but uh, well worth a look. You're right. I like Steven Matz, too. He's a real grinder. Are you going to stay away from Arizona tonight, or are you going back? Uh, no. No, oh, I'm not going back. Even if Arizona wins, i got to be selective on the card tonight. The Blue Jays were good. Let's take a look at a game, and there'll be no public parlays. They are banned. No Yankees, Dodgers, any of that stuff. No, just individual games and totals. We're done with that stuff. They just they get you every time. It's rope dead. No thanks. You know. Yeah, you're right. We won all our straight bats and, like, totals. You know one of the best bats in baseball is after the team clinches. 
from the NFL to the NBA, DailyRoto.com is the place to win millions in daily fantasy. You can get the best DFS NFL coverage all season long for a price of $129.99 or dominate the entire daily fantasy sports realm with the Elite Package at $59.99 per month. If you use the promo code FNTSY, you get 10% off your Daily Roto Package. Go to DailyRoto.com, pick your NFL or Elite Package, enter promo code FNTSY, and you'll be on your way to becoming the next Daily Roto Millionaire. Settle down, Yang. Settle down, Yang. I heard things got pretty heated uh, last night between uh, Yang and Blewett, <laughs> which oh, really? I, I really wouldn't expect. Yeah, yeah, I wouldn't expect that. No, I wouldn't expect that either. Blewett giving you problems <laughs> in the pit, Yang? Yeah, no, nah, it was a uh, was wasn't so much that. I mean, like I, I guess uh, you informed me that uh, he was going to be on at five fifteen, and he was coming to the studio. I didn't know he was coming to the studio, and uh, sounded a little anxious, like oh now I'm late, like you know. And it's uh, I don't know. Sometimes it's the way you say things, man. It's good, you know, kind of be like hold on, man. <laughs> you, know, you don't oh, normally oh. talk like that, but he's like you know what's going on here. So this is pretty. He gets much overly it stressed. It's true. And, uh, so yeah, he was I like, yeah, there don't, was like 18 yeah, emails. I was in that. Yeah, his tone was just like, you know, like, kind of threw me off. Like, hold on, buddy. <laughs> like, what's going on, man? Like, I'm just doing my job. <laughs> like, we're a team, you know what I mean? We're going to have those times where, you know, you know, Marenzi sometimes, you know, he gives you the old little whatever and we're on a delay. But Yang, know what the key is to a team? We got to figure it out, help out each other when there's a problem. We'll get through it, buddy. We'll get through it. Absolutely, man. No harm. Yeah, well, no Sean. Harm. Sean Sean, Sean G like assumed that I had something to do with it, and I told him I didn't do anything. Yeah. I said I've been mellow all yeah. week, and isn't that true, Yang? I haven't, I haven't, bitched, I haven't said anything about anything. Yeah, no, nah, nah, everything's been good, man. Everything's Everyone been good. Everyone blames you, Moretzi. You're like the kid, right? I was always like, who steal the goal? Gabe must have done it, you know, because you done it before you go wild a little bit. Even when you're mellow, they still think it's you, right? Yeah, I know, I know that feeling. <laughs> Come on, five horse, let's go, buddy. Get there. Uh, big race yeah, at, Belmont. Uh, Belmont. I was thinking right about now. getting in on these races. Come on, five. Go, make Gambler. your move, buddy. Oh, actually, he's got a chance. Come on. Get All right, uh, Lou will join us in a second. The five's not winning. Uh, no, he's not. He better come third, though. Oh, he's running out of gas. You better come Looks third. Looks like the four's going to win. Uh, no, I think he came fourth. That's bad <laughs> news for me. Lou is here. LouGamblu.com uh, joins us. <laughs> how you doing? How you doing, Lou? Sounds like you guys are on uh, the, the horseshoe bets on its way to the glue factory. I'm doing great this afternoon, uh, and I'll tell you something, fellas. The horses are are so much fun, uh, but it's a relaxing day for me because I got my hands full. To be quite honest with you, when you're talking about the Bucks or the Panthers. Now you're going to give me a 10, 12-horse field, tell me to pick a winner. I can tell you it with all certainty. I'm not your man. <laughs> LouGamblu.com uh, with us. So we do have this Panther game uh, tomorrow. Carolina can hang their hat on something. They played well in week one. They fell short uh, to the Rams. Uh, meanwhile, um, 
Tampa were just a freaking disaster. Jameis Winston, a turnover machine. You have to wonder how much patience Bruce Arians is going to have with Jameis Winston. You know, Arians is one of the least patient coaches in the NFL. He's also one of the coaches that hates turnovers and mistakes more than anyone. I mean, look, nearly, you, you know, Louie was in Arizona, and the team gave him a heart attack, right? Like, he really takes this stuff seriously, and he really gets mad for real. So, Jameis Winston's not the right guy to be your quarterback if you've got heart issues. <laughs> so, mm. and I was always you know what, I, I gonna, was fascinated by that when I saw that Arians took this job. And, and thank you for saying that, because that circles me completely back to and around what you were saying. And, and what I'll add is, I think you just described Arians correctly prior to him leaving Arizona. He, Uptight, my way, highway guy, a, a great leader of men, uh, but but really uh, a dictator in when things are going his way. Uh, I think the lifestyle changes he's had to institute into himself has caused him to react completely oppositely since then, and I think it's seeped into his coaching. And by that I mean. He's encouraged coaches to take time off to be with their family. Um, I have reports that he is not burning the midnight oil down there, that he leaves at five. I'm not disparaging uh, the man, but I think that his perspective has changed since his health problems, and I don't think that's what you can export into a new team, and that team week one sure played like that. Now, Let's see what happens on a short week in a division game in Carolina. I can tell you that really the way, the, the only way to, to try and play this, in my opinion, would be to have some patience and see if the number gets to seven if you wanted to try the road team. But the numbers well, are seven skewed now. again. Yeah, the, those numbers are skewed again. Short week on the road, even though it's division. Um, you know, at seven or better, it's dog or pass, but it's not a game I can play for the exact reason I just explained about the coach. Yeah, these Thursday night games are tough. These division games. Um, I want to take the points in this game. I, you know, I want to believe the Tampa can bounce back. It's a division game. But history is not kind to road teams on Thursday nights. And you have a team in Carolina that played their first game at home as well. Just from a situational spot, they're in a much better uh, situation uh, than uh, than Tampa Bay are. Yet it's hard to trust the Panthers uh, laying this type of number, Cam. Like this game, you know, we talked about it earlier. This game uh, perplexes me. And uh, you know, when I saw them, I was like, oh, God, great. Tampa are such a hard team and difficult team to read. And Carolina have been less than kind to me over the years, as you know, Cam. Uh, Gabe, I'm going to tell you one thing, and uh, it's one of those things. You're you're absolutely correct about the home team, and I don't advocate, you know, Tom Teaser, but this game at six and a half and seven, I think will really be beneficial for those type of players, right? You can wait, and if you have patience, you don't have to go on the total at 48 and a half or 49, wherever you're shopping. You can look for something on Sunday with patience, but getting Tampa Bay to 13 and a half or Carolina to a pick 'em, I like a hell of a lot more than the six and a half seven 
in that spot because I think that is a complete – I think Carolina wins the game. I'm not sure if they're going to win by – I think probably right around a touchdown. I think there's a very good number that the books posted. And this is what we talked about, right, buddy? A little bit of patience. If you can wait till Sunday – and you can knock it down the first end. Hey, these games are all going to be played anyway. And if you do that, maybe half of your ticket is, uh, you know, you get a check beside it. So that's the way I'm probably going to be attacking. I'm not going to reach on this game. Uh, if I find uh, something, I think it's going to be teased. I, I would, in, I would encourage trend, you to. I'm, I'm sorry, Gabe. I, I was just going to. I was going to. I was going to offer to Cam, Cam, you know, the tease from seven to 13 and a half surely isn't the way you want to try and take it if you're after every bit of numerical advantage. However, uh, to consider going from seven to, to a half or one, yeah. now you're crossing seven, six, four, and three, and that's how you want to use your teaser, in my opinion. And I think it's a really good point you bring up. And the only reason I'm not – considering that way uh number one is is tampa i think there's some volatility there and number two the look ahead line on this game was four and a half week ago we could have bet it we're only given four and a half now i'm losing two and a half points to take even the teaser now at seven when i could have had carolina maybe plus two and a half uh that's the only thing sometimes when the number ain't there you just gotta watch now this week there is some value because perceived value from the look-ahead line, there's value on Tampa. Last week, I danced around the game with you guys on Thursday night because I didn't see anything there, and there wasn't. I just think there's other extenuating circumstances around Tampa Bay that, that could really come uh, come. LouGamblu.com uh, uh, with us. Uh, well, we're going to a break in a second, if you can, Yang. Uh, reconnect uh, with Lou. We'll get a better connection. Um, I was going to say, Cam, one trend, and Mark Lawrence joined us earlier, and we talked about the numbers in this series. You would sort of think Carolina, Tampa, Winston, Cam Newton, that there'd be a lot of overs. Um, not, not so. The last six times that these two teams have played, it's five and one to the under. Woo, nice. And these Thursday games tend to play to the under as well. Hey, thanks for downloading the podcast. And remember, if you want to listen live, download the iHeartRadio app, download the TuneIn app, and just search for Fantasy Sports Radio Network, and you can listen to this program live. Also, if you want to watch the video of this podcast, check us out on YouTube, on Twitch, or on Periscope, and type in, you guessed it, Fantasy Sports Network. You'll find us there. Enjoy the show, and thanks for listening. Baby, you got two or three raises up to a thousand bucks. Go to pointsbet.com slash grid and open up the points bet sports wagering account. Enter the promo code grid. You got two risk free bets up to a thousand bucks with points bets, unique wagering option. NFL week one included a maximum six hundred thousand dollar win after a better place, a thirty thousand dollar points bet wager on Baltimore at minus six. This better also set a maximum win loss of 20 times the bet. That's uh, to the route of the Ravens. They're killing Miami. That wager, it resulted in a maximum bet for the winner, and they took home $600,000. 
Wow. This was uh, the largest points betting wager and largest win in the U.S. so far. Open up an account wow. today. That's pointsbet.com grid. Yeah, this is the new one, Gabe. Enter the promo code GRID and get your two risk-free bets up to $1,000 today. So even though they won the game by 40-plus, but you get the 20 times, so 30,000, 600,000, boom. There it is, buddy. Gambling problem. Call 1-800-GAMBLER. 21 and over. New Jersey only. Eligibility restrictions apply. Back to Gabe and our buddy Gamblu. No, you got no gambling problem when you win $600,000 on a lightning oh. bet at point bet. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You got gambling no gambling problem, problem at all. <laughs> the only problem is people calling you up. Can I get home? <laughs> hey, buddy, remember me? <laughs> yeah, no, no, no problem. Got no problem at all. You win 600K. Um, that's a great promo that point bets has. It's like uh, the, um, the, uh, the movie about Billie Jean King and Bobby Riggs. The great scene of Gamblers Anonymous. You're not here because you're gamblers. You're here because you're terrible gamblers. <laughs> he goes, you don't need to stop gambling. You just need to get better at it. <laughs> it's the best little motivational speech ever. Why should we give up the one thing that we love so much? Uh, Lou Gamblu.com uh, with us uh, right now. So uh, I'm, just, I'm looking at this and I'm crunching numbers here. Uh, during the break, looking at this, uh, you brought it up, Lou, Tampa Bay and Carolina. Real tough game. I'm sort of with Lou here as far as the tees. I could live yep. with um, I could live with Carolina tees down to a pick em. And then, mm-hmm. you know, how do you want to handle that? Do you want, you, you want to have some patience and wait and take a game? I've often talked about that, guys. The seven-point teaser, I don't have a problem with. And I won a few of them last week. I don't have a problem with a seven-point teaser, but I'm not a big fan, and I'm, I've done it so many times, guys, and and in the same game. It's hard to get it right, you know, the, the side and the total, even with a teaser, and essentially, Lou, you've got a two-game parlay at minus 130, or some books are even a little higher right now for the seven-point uh, teaser. And I've noticed when I did the seven-point teasers in-game with these games, most of the time it wasn't needed. Like, I would have won or lost yep. anyways. With the, You know what I mean? I'm like, damn, I could have just got 280 on a parlay instead of doing the seven-point teaser. And it happens often. And a good example was Monday Night Football, guys. I teased. I played the over in the first game, but I also teased the over. And I teased the under of the nightcap. Well, the first game went over, guys, and the second one under. I could have hit yeah. a plus 280 cam instead of the stupid seven-point teaser. So, yeah. But I don't mind showing patience, and I won with it. Yeah. And it was comfortable, guys. I took the Green Bay Packers plus up to plus 10 on Thursday Night Football, yeah. and I had the Detroit Lions plus 4.5. So even though they yeah. tied, I won. So would you agree, Lou? With the seven-point teaser, you're better off, though, doing it with two separate games in the same game. I, I think, yes, I totally, and, and I'll tell you why. Most of the strict uh, binary computer ice-cold handicappers that follow analytics or the MIT guys running the books, they're dying for you to play teasers in the totals of the NFL because of the volatility, and you said it, how hard it is to hit both. 
Teasers are designed for sides in the NFL, and you never use them any other way. Okay, I don't say never, but 99% of the time you don't, and you use them to cross threes and sevens. And so I would wholeheartedly agree that you would take that Carolina down through the seven to the half or to the one. However, just FYI, the teasers that I've locked into have always been two team six-point teasers at minus 110. Now, those are that minus 110 is getting very hard to find. But what you can find is a 6.3 team teaser. Those pay plus 160. And I've yeah. hit a couple of them so far this year. The important thing is to remain on a side. Try and use points where you're try and use point spread where you're going to get the benefit of the half. So take a three and a half to a nine and a half, or more importantly, a two and a half through the three up to the eight and a half, where you're crossing the seven as well. And then stagger your games. Take an early game, then maybe an afternoon game, and then the Monday night game. And if you can play it one, then two, and then play into your third game, you have a six-point advantage in the third game, and you're getting a plus 160 price. They're a real joy to play. It takes a little patience to stagger your plays that way, but it's the best advice I could drop on your people today. And one thing, too, Cam, about the about the seven point or the six or seven point teaser, whatever about the teaser in the same game, why it's so much better to play the other games. You can actually pick the other game. Exactly. You know what I mean? <laughs> like you don't have a choice. Like it's like, well, I gotta pick the total because I, I don't have it. I don't really know. And, and Lou raised a good point. Totals are more volatile than the sides are. Like look at the Bills Jets game. We knew it was going to be a close game. It was. The total was 40, nothing happened, and then there was like 33 points out of the blue. Totals are volatile. You know, it's it's easier, you're right, there's more balance between the teams. You can say, all right, you can match up these teams together. It's difficult to then say, well, then this is the pace and how it's going to happen. It's difficult, and it's tough to admit it that, hey, it's hard to get them both right in the same game. I really believe, Cam. The Thursday night, it sucks because we all want to win right away. I get it. But I think playing Carolina down to a pick and then picking yeah, a spot to go along with it on Sunday is the way to go. I agree 100%. And Lou brings up another good point, Gabe. And think about what we're doing on a nightly basis, the in-game live. With the staggered bets, you have a chance, too. With those teasers or staggered bets, we knock them down. Then we get a better number. We can find more middling opportunities. We can do the mathematics to say, yep, this yep. is where we can go. We can win so much more money. And that's what we're doing here, you know, at Sports sports Grid. We're, and we're doing the late night shows. And, man, you're doing them every single night. You're getting to see, right? Like, if you have that cushion, you can really set up yourself a nice middle. And that's what we're trying to do. Buddy, hey, we've been gambling for a long time as well as Gamblu. And sometimes you got to take your licks and you learn these things over time. Try not to make the same mistakes, right? And show a little more patience. So yeah, let me really, ask you, uh, Lou, because really, we got to get to a little UFC as well. Yeah. Yep. Go ahead, Lou. I know there's a little delay. There's <laughs> a little delay. We'll yeah, have that, that fixed that next week. <laughs> yeah, that delay's been driving me crazy for a few weeks. Anyway, Cam raises a great point about the opportunity to bet live. You know, for the, for the lifetime guys like us, 
that that don't have a life and can hang around the computer and watch the game all day, there's way more advantages. For the normal Joe that has to go cut the grass and go with his wife to take the kids out, it's a harder thing to do. So I, I totally get it. But what Cam raises was really a valid point. All right, Lou. So week one, always the biggest overreaction in the National Football League from one week to another. Um, we we've, we've see bad teams often win. In week one, a good example is now underdogs. And I, we have to remember this for next year, Cam and Lou. Underdogs in week one on Monday Night Football are now uh, 37 and 15 uh, with two pushes against the spread. There's certain, you know what I mean, like bad teams. They're fired up. It's Monday Night Football. Week two, Lou, is sort of similar to week one because you have teams playing their home openers. Or at least some teams so you sort of get that adrenaline bump. Teams will play. It's sort of like, you know, the mother lifting the car because she's got strength suddenly. <laughs> um, teams will play over their head. The Raiders are a good example of this. Yeah, I like that camera. It's like the Hulk. I love but what, yeah. <laughs> what, do, what, what game, Lou, what team do you think there's the biggest overreaction or underreaction to that you're like, this team's not as good as people think or they're not as bad as people think after week one and you like them playing this week? Any, any, any of those situations catch your eye? Yeah, and and let's understand that after this week, everybody, we will have 100% more data than we do going into this week because we're going to double the games to two uh, this weekend. So we really don't know much more than we knew last week. Uh, I'm going to tell you that that probably I I think there's a bunch of them there, and we got to be careful, but possibly the biggest overreaction may be to Detroit. Uh, fueled by me a little bit in the preseason because they they just collapsed against Arizona and and it was really terrible coaching. That said, I think they're in a favorable and good spot uh, coming home this week and and yet I see people just best screen. I, I'm just seeing that there's scad, you know there's just scads of people that are just all over. The Chargers already, and let's, you know, the Chargers are decimated with injury and uh, offensive line concerns. Uh, I think Detroit would be my answer to your question. Yeah, the I like the Chargers yeah. only because, as you mentioned, I think Matt Patricia is that bad, and I think he's the worst coach in the NFL. But the injuries are starting to mount up for, for the Chargers, and it, it's a concern. They played an overtime game. They're going from the West Coast uh, into Detroit uh, right now. It's you know, I, I hear where you're going with uh, that. All right. Uh, we're with Lou. Where we could talk football all night. Uh, we'll take a quick break with Lou. And uh, once again, reconnect, Yang. <laughs> And on the other side, we'll do a quick UFC hit, and then me and Cam got to get into our best baseball bets of the night. Game for the FanDuel Sportsbook. Get on the grid. 
from the NFL to the NBA, DailyRoto.com is the place to win millions in daily fantasy. You can get the best DFS NFL coverage all season long for a price of $129.99 or dominate the entire daily fantasy sports realm with the Elite Package at $59.99 per month. If you use the promo code FNTSY, you get 10% off your Daily Roto Package. Go to DailyRoto.com, pick your NFL or Elite Package, enter promo code FNTSY, and you'll be on your way to becoming the next Daily Roto Millionaire. All right, game time decisions. Ready for rage. Don't forget, in-game live comes up at 8 o'clock uh, tonight. I believe the Raging Redhead Cam Stewart is back for more. Back for more uh, this evening. It'll be uh, me, Cam, and uh, Kevin Walsh. And I really did enjoy uh, Kevin Walsh's um, epic celebration the other night during the Houston uh, game. <laughs> Only to get his heart broken about like 22 seconds uh, later. But, uh, yeah, so Walsh uh, will join uh, me and Cam uh, tonight, and then we'll tee it up. We'll hand it off to Drew Martin in Las Vegas, Nevada. So, um, Lou uh, with us, Gamblu.com uh, with us right now. Lou, let's just spend a couple of minutes on this. I wish we could uh, we spent more time on the UFC, but let's blast through it because me and Cam got to get to our baseball uh, plays of the day and Cam's uh, golf uh, picks. But UFC in Vancouver, football's back, but it doesn't mean they stop fighting, Lou. Um, yeah, this is for me, like I said earlier, this is just a fun, a fun card of not guys that talk a lot of smack, you know, guys, not guys that are like, um, get a look to take you down and, you know, win a fight on points. You've got a bunch of dudes. Some of them are aging. Some of them are older, but you got a bunch of dudes that are just going to go in there and swing for the fences on Saturday, Lou. Yeah, and that's what the Canadian fans are used to. That's what they like. And there's a handful of these these matches designed directly for them, Uh, main event being one. And, and, you know, Serkinov and Crute, that's another interesting one. Holland Carlos Jr. is your styles make fights. And unfortunately... One of the dogs I was going to talk about today, Andrew Sanchez, just had to pull out of his fight with the Italian Vittori, and I'm I'm disappointed at that. But at the end of the day, maybe it's a good thing because it saves me uh, an underdog position. So what do you think, as you mentioned? So uh, Jim Crute, um, like I said, it's, it's going to be it's going to be some knockouts in this fight in, in this card. A lot of times I like betting overs, Lou. I might be taking a look at some unders uh, here, but let's blast uh, let's blast through them. You got Cowboy and uh, and Gaethje. I'm sort of hit or miss with Gaethje, and he's so just over the top reckless <laughs> that it's dangerous betting on him. But it seems, you know, guy uh, Cowboy has struggled with guys that just come right at him and want to go crazy, and this is what Gaethje does to his detriment. You know, Cam, Gaethje's the type of guy, he's there to entertain people. Like, he says, I'm not here to win on points. I don't care about that. I'm here to knock you out. That's the way I fight. And that's why he's getting Cowboy. But Cowboy's getting a little up there in years right now. Is Gaethje the right favorite here, Lou? Do you like him? I do like Gaethje, and he is the right favorite. He's he's a bully. He's going to bully Donald. And I don't think he's going to give Donald (laughs) the room that Donald needs to operate. 
Yeah, now, Donald, you're right. It's kind of long, and yeah, Gaethje's going to get a little fire hydrant. going to get right in there and start going. Uh, Teixeira's not getting any younger, Lou. Uh, takes off uh, Krylov, who's not great from a skills perspective. You know, Teixeira's career is 100 times more, you know, to be respected. And, you know, I don't, how old is Krylov? I'm not even sure. I can look it up here, but... I, you know, I just don't know if he's good enough to beat Tixera. I know Tixera. He's young, man. Eh? Son of a bitch. He's young. What do you think of this fight? I got to go with Tixera I, here, Lou, unless you talk me out of it. Yeah, Gabriel, I think if you go Tixera, you're going to go for Tixera by sub. Uh, and if you're going to take Krylov, you're going to take Krylov uh, by KO. So uh, if I'm looking at either guy, it's an inside the distance. So if it gets to the ground, Tashira is going to get on top and sub him. And if it doesn't get on the ground and Krylov touches him, he'll put Tashira out. It's which flavor you want. I cannot believe that it's been nine years since Todd Duffy made his UFC debut. And here we are right now. I was shocked to see his name on on the on on the on the card. He hasn't fought in Lou in four years. Well, what do you, what do you make of Todd Duffy's uh, return? And Duffy was never the most uh, cautious fighter either. Um, he's been tagged a couple of times. I I'll admit, Lou, I know um, absolutely nothing about uh, this Jeff Hughes. Uh, that he's fighting, 31-year-old uh, from Canton, Ohio. Well, what I would tell you is that this fight is the don't judge the book by the cover fight because Duffy's going to come in looking like a chiseled marble statue. But all your pain in delivering the message on Duffy's inactivity is absolutely well-founded. We don't know where he's been, where his head's at. Meanwhile, you, this guy, Jeff Hughes, if I got up now, and, and, and please forgive the analogy, but if I took off my shirt and you did a profile of me and you did a profile of Hughes, you'd be looking at almost the same guy, okay? Uh, now, Hughes doesn't look the part, but he's a gritty, strong, forward-pressing fighter, and I, I, I like Hughes in this fight uh, because he's been active. He's a grinder. And I know he's there for the right reasons. There's too many unknowns with the Duffy side. You're right. And, Cam, Todd Duffy, if you saw him, you'd be I, like, oh, yeah, you remember. Actually, when we used to cover this stuff, this is when he, yeah, he burst Duffy. onto the scene. He totally he totally looks the part, right? He big, does. big, ripped guy, jarhead jock looking, six foot three, 245, 50 pounds of muscle. Yet... Uh, I don't know. You know what Joey used to say about uh, Overeem, uh, and that was a great line. You could almost apply it to Duffy. He said, Gabe, Overeem has a 185-pound chin on a 260-pound body, <laughs> right? And you know, Duffy looks the part. It's like Chick Congo. Kong, you, you look at Congo yep. at the weigh-in and the stare-down, you think, this guy's going to murder the other guy. He never does, you know what I mean? It's, you know, the looks, but good call on that, uh, Lou. I'll roll the dice as well. Hey, if Duffy comes back and wins, God bless him. But I don't know. What the hell has this guy been doing for the last nine years? Hasn't fought in four years. At least Hughes is, you know, in the Dana White Contender Series, fighting in, uh, you know, LFA, RFO. And as you stated, I like those uh, Roy Nelson type of guys that they don't look the part, Lou, uh, but they bring some toughness. He trains with Stipe Miocic. Enough said.
Yeah, exactly. Yep. Uh, okay, last one because we got to get out of here. Uriah Hall and uh, Antonio Carlos Jr. Carlos Jr. is a minus 210 favorite. Any thoughts on that fight? Uh, yeah, you know, most fights hit the floor, but these Brazilians, they're front runners. I think maybe Hall's had enough of hearing he's such a bum, and even though he's 35 years old, giving up too much age. I, I, I want to try and like him based on his distance control and explosion uh, because Carlos Jr. doesn't want to be hit. Uh, that said, that's not one of my dog choices right now. Oh, yeah, that's right. I'm seeing now Carlos Jr., yeah, you're right. That's the guy he doesn't, you're right, he doesn't, uh, he doesn't punch. He's, yeah, he's a submission, <laughs> submission uh, jiu-jitsu uh, specialist, uh, Cam. Rear naked choke. Rear na- and listen, he got Tim Boach in it. He got Marshman in it. He got Spicely in it. Say what you will, he's pretty good at getting you into his game, though. Yeah. You got to give him credit for that, Lou. No question you give him credit for it. And it's cause that's going to be a great Styles, styles fight. If it's on the feet, it's Hall. And if it's on the floor, it ain't yeah. going to last long. Yeah, a guy that wants to kick you in the head. But Hall's not getting any younger. He had that highlight knockout years ago. That was a long time ago. Great stuff, though, Lou. We really appreciate your extended yeah. uh, stay uh, with us. It's always a pleasure talking uh, gaming and sports with you. Thanks for the time, Lou. My pleasure always, and good luck to you, too. Thank you for the, for everything. There's a Lou, gamblu.com. Um, all right, Cam, we better jump right in uh, to the baseball. Uh, for anyone that called us, you got to call us back on uh, In-Game Live. We'll take a couple of calls uh, tonight. Call. So um, what what about the total here tonight, Cam? I'm ta- Listen, I'm taking the under in the Mets game. So I'm going under in the Mets game. It's eight and a half. I don't, you know, the Mets can't win every day. I'm going to pass on a side here. I'm going to go under the eight and a half. I'm going to go with the Tampa Bay Rays. These guys are smoking, Cam. They're 11 and one in their last 12 baseball games. These guys just don't let up. They're, they're a wicked organization, great team. Hopefully they're the Montreal Expo soon. <laughs> and uh, yeah. and uh, they're 11 and one in their last 12 games. I know they're going with the, our boy Kit Ridge, who's actually pissed me off before. Kent Ridge. I lost <laughs> once with this guy, but yeah, but to bring in Austin Pruitt, I, 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 Gerardo's on the hill here tonight. He's not bad, actually, the Panamanian camp. I think the total's a little high at 11, bro. I think that's the total's where, too where, high at 11. You know what? That's where I would go with this game. I think if Kent Ridge gets out of it, you're right. They throw in Pruitt. Uh, I, I, we did the show last night, Gabe. I got Tampa Bay to pick him. When the game was in extra innings, they won five to three. I'm like, thank you. Like the longer the game went, the bigger advantage they had. I lean to Tampa Bay, but I'm with you. I think under 11. If Heredo's actually been very good for Texas, and Tampa Bay understands the importance. 11 seems very high to me. Uh, with my picks, I know we're running out of racetrack, as your boy Ted Teven used to say, Gabe. So I'm gonna just say I really think the Marlins are worth a look tonight. At plus. Uh, I got him last night. Me and Ranieri bet him at plus 145 down to plus 130. How is Milwaukee going to react without Yelich there out for the season? They're probably toast. I think Marlins might be worth a look. The Phillies, uh, Braves over. Erlin and uh, and Keuchel, nine and a half. I think we can get some runs there. I love the St. Louis Cardinals in a rebound situation uh, to get it done tonight. Uh, And minus one and a half for the Cardinals. And a White Sox-Cardinals parlay pays plus 160. That's what I think I'm doing on the diamond tonight. Good luck with your Mets bet, too. 
Matson Ray. I got a total on Mr. Green at nine. So that's a pretty big total for good pitchers. You got a total at nine? Uh, oh, I got a nine now, too. It was eight and a half. Uh, Even better. Nine. Even nine. better. Thank you. I'll take it. <laughs> Under nine. What's the number in this Rays game? What are they What are they, What are they favored by here, the Rays? What's the number here at the duel? 155 at the duel. All right, yeah. I'm, I'm taking a raise. Yeah, 155. I'm going under the 11. And I'm going with Plutko as well. Okay, I'm riding Cleveland here. The Angels uh, will. Plutko. Plutko. Yep. Uh, the best game, uh, Plinko. We hit, and, uh, we hit Plinko's it last right. night. You like Plutko. Yeah, yep. and I'm, uh, I, I think that's a good play too, Cleveland. Yeah, good call on Cleveland. We all got me, you, and Joe went for the clean sweep right there. I don't have time for a DraftKings lineup, guys, but in golf, I like Victor Hovland at 16-1. to 1. We're going to be on, on. tonight. Yeah, at 25, exactly. Piercy at 40, and watch out for my boy Tom Lewis at 66. And this one's for Gabe, a little sprinkle. Uh, quarter units on Doug Gim, 200 to 1, Marenzi. Bam. And my boy Doug Gim. Um, Gimme. Yeah, my Major League Baseball picks, guys. D-backs, Mets, under 9. D-backs, I liked it at 8.5. I like it even better at 9. D-backs, Mets, under 9. Tampa Bay Rays, minus 154. Uh, Rays Rangers under 11. Cleveland Indians minus 150. Those will be my initial baseball picks. Me and Cam will be back at 8 o'clock Eastern tonight. So uh, walk your dog. Uh, go get a Big Mac. Uh, go eat. Go meet your man, your bookie, yep. whatever it is you got to do. And then me, Cam, and Kevin Walsh will be with you from 8 until 10. And uh, we'll have some more. Late night baseball picks, some in-game baseball picks. And uh, then we'll hand it off to Drew Martin and company in Las Vegas, Nevada. In-game live goes until uh, midnight. Starting to crank the uh, the content and programming, uh, programming out here on the grid, sports grid. Great job, Cam. Great job, Yang. See you at 8. D-backs, Mets, under 9. Rays, minus 154. Rays, Rangers, under 11. Indians, minus 150. See you in an hour, 8 o'clock in-game live later. Hey, thanks for downloading the podcast. And remember, if you want to listen live, download the iHeartRadio app, download the TuneIn app, and just search for Fantasy Sports Radio Network, and you can listen to this program live. Also, if you want to watch the video of this podcast, check us out on YouTube, on Twitch, or on Periscope, and type in, you guessed it, Fantasy Sports Network. You'll find us there. Enjoy the show, and thanks for listening. you missed on Game Time Decisions. They went through all that trouble. They throw Blake Bortles under the bus. They give Nick Foles all that money only for Nick Foles to get hurt and only for them now to have Gardner Minshew as their starting quarterback. But he was incredibly accurate last week. And, you know, Mark, what about this number? Isn't this number a little bit high? Uh, a division game with Jacksonville and Houston, or, you know, is this, the, you know, I think the number is made because of the quarterback situation, but I think this kid is eccentric enough and accurate enough, and I watched him a lot at Washington State, and I know you did too, Cam, and I said this this morning, he's not Tom Brady, I'm not comparing him to Tom Brady, but he's patterned his game, uh, you know, after 
that style, that West Coast, Mike Leach, Tom Brady, three steps back, quick hit, very accurate, arm strength isn't great, but he's got confidence. He's not a kid. He's a little older than, than the average college uh, quarterback was. Uh, you got to see uh, Houston coming off a short week, a gut-wrenching loss. You know, I think the number is just a little bit too high here, Mark. Well, I can go to this factor with the game, Gabe, and uh, you know we, we hit on this many times throughout the course of a football season because many times there are injuries, and when injuries happen to starting quarterbacks and that backup quarterback gets the next start, it's a rally around the quarterback situation, that role, and that you might just see that with Jacksonville this particular week, uh, not letting Gardner Minshew lose the football game and not asking him to win it, but not let him lose the game. I think you might see a big effort by Jacksonville in this game, if for no other reason because of that, and you've also got a Houston Texan football team that might be a little bit demoralized, feeling that they had New Orleans beat, probably felt they should have beat them, and walked off the field with a loss. So I think the combination of the two brings value to Jacksonville in the game. Cam? Yeah, I'm going to tell you, uh, Mark, uh, first of all, congratulations on 6-1 and one with, the, uh, with the best bets of the week. You did a great job. And just reading the playbook. Uh, when Marenzi sends it to me, we're I think we're all reading each other's mail, and we're all on a lot of the same stuff, Mark. And I'll tell you one thing. I watched that game uh, between uh, Cincinnati and Seattle, as Seattle is my team. And if you want to talk about uh, a team that was probably one of the luckiest teams to win in week one, it was Seattle. I know John Ross had that touchdown a little bit late, but they really put pressure on Wilson. And Metcalf actually stepped up and made some nice uh, catches, a Seattle rookie. But Russell Wilson was under duress all day. And I got to give uh, Taylor a lot of credit. He did a good job with that Cincinnati team. It's a tough place to play. Join the experts live on the air every day by calling in at 844-843-6879 to join the Fantasy Sports Network.